Two young children were arguing over the last pancake at breakfast. When their father had enough, he yelled out, Boys, boys, stop. Stop and think. What would Jesus do? He'd probably give it to his brother. Well, the two boys were dumbfounded because there were two of them and only one pancake. Finally, a bright light shone in the older of the two boys, and he said, Dad, you're right. Joey, you be Jesus. <laughs> and although it's right to think of Jesus as a do-gooder, one who would encourage us to do good and behave and do the right thing in every situation, there's more to Jesus of Nazareth than that. Jesus did not come in order to establish a social club or even a social action organization, one that by doing good and being virtuous would bring change to the world. Oh, that was part of the Lord's plan, but the Lord's plan is that he enter our hearts and change us from inside. And out of the overflowing of goodness within us, we will want to do good, and we will want to change the world. It first begins with the human heart. You know, throughout this fall, we're conducting a, what, what might be called a revival. And through a series of homily topics, rather than setting up a tent and having three or four nights of fire and brimstone sermons, we're gently opening hearts to a different understanding of Jesus than one would normally hear. We began by reminding us all of the hungers of the human heart, the ache within us that we all try to feed. There is a certain part of us, no matter how wonderful our lives may be, that is empty and aching and lonely. It's a part of us that we try to satisfy in various ways, some healthy and some not. It's that emptiness, that searching, that craving, that longing in the human heart that has driven human discovery from the beginning over the next hill to see what's there, to the, to the next planet to learn more, to the solar system and beyond to learn, discover, see, unwrap and unravel the mysteries of creation. It's also that that leads us to find true love in our hearts, but The wisest among us understand this emptiness, this aching, this hunger, this longing, the brokenness that we all feel will never be satisfied on this earth, truly, only satisfied in God alone. As St. Augustine recognized, you've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. We try to fill those hungers in healthy ways and through addictions of one kind or another, but we know no matter what, it's unsatisfying. We're searching for God, but the the more startling reality is God is searching for us. God who wants to be with us, who created us only to love us, wants to be with us and has not made himself distant and undiscoverable, but rather has given us every opportunity, if we but open our eyes, to see the goodness of God everywhere around us. Wherever our eyes alight on the surface of this earth or beyond, we see the wisdom of God 
we see the wonders and majesty of God. God is infinitely discoverable. But more than that, God took on human flesh in the person of Jesus of Nazareth to walk in our midst that we might have the fullness of his revelation. In sacred scripture, the Bible, which we read in the word of God, and in the person of Jesus, the word made flesh, we discover the fullness of God's reality and the fullness of God's love. The danger is that we turn our, our faith and our understanding of God into an ideology and a concept, and we turn it into an ideal to be attained rather than a person to become a friend and a lover. But God is a gentle lover and will never force himself upon us. God will love us intensely, but will never command or demand a response from us unless we're willing to open our hearts. God is not a concept. God is not an ideology. God is not a rule book. God is not an undiscoverable, distant thing. In the person of Jesus Christ, God is in our midst. Let me tell you about Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus I know. Earlier this year, the end of February, beginning of March, a number of our parishioners joined me in traveling to the Holy Land. I discovered more about the man Jesus in that trip than I had ever known before. In the tiny little town of Nazareth where he grew up, barely the size of our parish property, in a small village, this little boy grew up understanding, beginning to understand, rather, his unique relationship to God the Father. In the midst of that small community, this, this little boy turned into a young man filled with love, filled with compassion, filled with a desire to lead other human beings to a place where he was, knowing the goodness of God and the power of God in, in our lives. Thirty years after his birth, he stood up in a synagogue and said, Now is the time. Now is when I will unfold for you the words of Scripture. Not unfold for a crowd, but unfold for one person at a time. That was the passion of Jesus. This is the Jesus I have come to know, who has a passion for each human person, each human heart, each life that is unredeemed, each heart that searches, each home that is not filled with his love. This is the Jesus who went to one person after another as an individual, offering hope where there was a lack of hope and healing where there was anything but healing and mercy where there was only condemnation. You see, this Jesus likes to hang around people who are flawed. The only people he didn't like to hang around with were the ones who thought that everything was just fine with their life. Everything. No need for God. I'm doing everything right. To those who were brokenhearted, he gave hope. To those who were addicted, he gave healing. To those who were searching, he gave a direction. 
and he hasn't stopped doing it. Let me tell you about Larry. Larry is a man who worked in a very technical job. Larry was fired one day, completely out of the blue, unexpected, really without cause. The company simply did away with his position. Larry had a young family and wondered how he could possibly provide for them. Besides that, his own sense of self-worth was damaged deeply by that firing. After a few weeks of self-pity, he had a nagging sense that there could be more to life than that, and he remembered a homily that had been preached in church the day before he was fired, in which the priest kept saying, trust God, trust God. He fell on his knees and he said, Lord, I have done anything but trust you all my life. I've provided for myself and I've worked to see that I get what I need. Now I can't do anything but trust you. And on his knees he begged Jesus to enter his heart and take over his life. The very next day, he got a call from a colleague who asked him if he would consider teaching at the university level what he had done all of his professional life. About a year later, Larry came back and told me he was never happier, he was never making more money, he was never spending more time with his family and friends, He was never more fulfilled than he was at that point. Broken, but with Jesus in his heart, he kept hearing trust, trust, and the Lord led him out of that place of darkness. Let me tell you about Mary. And these are true stories. Mary is a woman who not only lost her job, she was carried away from her job in in cufflinks in police custody, charged, she knew completely wrongly, completely unjustly, with a criminal offense based on the type of work that she did. She was found guilty, but not sentenced to prison. She knew she could never find another job in her trade because of this record and fell into self-pity. That self, in her self-pity, she self-medicated. And in that self-medication found herself an addict. Till again, she recognized that her life couldn't go much lower and fell to her knees and said, Lord Jesus, I have no one to trust but you. Again, the next day, the phone rang. It was the woman who had accused her and testified falsely at her trial, who said, It has been heavy on my heart that I did a deep injustice to you. The only reason I did it is I wanted your job. I couldn't get ahead as long as you were there. I had to get you out of the way somehow. And I know now what I did was wrong because I've discovered the Lord in my heart and I can't live a lie any longer. So going before the judge with a sworn affidavit, she began the process of admitting her perjury and clearing the record of Mary, who, by the way, is herself now, at a point where she said, I've never been more fulfilled in life. Let me tell you about Bill. Bill's a priest. 
standing in front of you right now, who spent 28 years of his life in diocesan offices. Bill is highly educated, worked the way up the corporate ladder, as it were, in the church. I knew exactly where I was going as the chief operating officer, as it were, of the Diocese of Harrisburg, 150 or 60 administrative units, doing a third of a billion dollars a year in financial transactions, 3,400 employees across 15 counties. Oh, I knew where I was going, and I was pretty good at what I did. One day, a very wise bishop sat me down and said, Bill, I think you ought to be full-time in parish ministry. Well, that was a blow. I had worked hard to get where I was, but that was the trouble. I had worked hard, not the Lord working in my life. The bishop understood what I could not because when essentially he fired me, it was stinging to my self-image and my pride. But I recognize now what I couldn't have recognized then, that spiritually I was root-bound, not growing at all, but in 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 a cage. Here, in parish ministry, over and over and over and over again, I meet Jesus. I see Jesus hard at work in the lives and homes of people. I didn't see that in the paperwork that I was doing in the office. Here he is. And I admit, I too fell to my knees and said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in my life, but I trust you and I give my life to you. I know Jesus of Nazareth now better than I could have ever before because I see him freeing people from bondage and addictions, freeing people from the captivity of their self-criticism and negativity. I see Jesus at work in us as a people. You see, Jesus did not start a social club. He did not start a committee for social action to change the world. He came to one person at a time, knocked at the door of their heart and said, let me in. Let me heal and change you. Let me bring you a passion for living and a reason for getting up every morning. Let me give you an understanding of life, your life, and how you fit into it that you can't achieve anywhere else. This is the Jesus I want to introduce to you. This is the Jesus I want you to know. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Go home and read the Gospels. I beg you, I beg you, Go home and open a Bible and read the Gospels and meet Jesus of Nazareth in a way you have never met him before. If you think you can't find your Bible at home, take one from the bookcases. There are lots of them out there and out there. If they're all gone, take one of the black Bibles in the pews. They're all free. It's part of our stewardship at a parish, as a parish. Go home, read the Gospels. Beg the Lord to show himself to you As you've never seen him before, understand the person of Jesus of Nazareth, not the concept, not the history, not the ideology, not the role model. Start being a disciple and not just a fan of the Lord.